And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of One of These Years. I'm, of course, Nick Bumberg, along with Colton Pouncey. And Colton, I, you know, I think last year Chris and I made it to... Um, Probably week four before I said this will not be one of those years, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I think we could probably say that again. Here is the Lions are one and three, and and while it's not the same as a year ago, Colton, uh, there are some alarms being sounded at Allen Park because that was a rough one, yeah, and a not so rough. It was a weird one on Saturday or Sunday, um, but at the end of the day, the disappointment carried. Carried the whole thing through. How are we doing, first of all, after your first crazy Lions? That was your first really crazy Lions game, right? I mean, the other so. ones have been a little intense, too. But this one was your first, like, holy shit, what just happened? Here? Yeah. No, I, I'm okay. I, I've, I've survived that. Uh, you know, it's Wednesday morning, and I think the Seahawks just scored again. Um, that's right. That's right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean. Somebody else t- missed a field goal, too, probably. Yep. Extra point, yeah. Uh, my God, that was terrible. Um, you know, it's just like. To have a game like that where everything's set up for a bounce back after the Vikings game, the disappointment mm-hmm. there, you start off one and two, you could have had that one. You know, everyone was like, okay, if we get off to two and two, we're still in decent shape. Yeah, man. Like, offense is playing well. Maybe we can find something defensively against a team that ranked, I think, 29th in scoring coming mm-hmm. into this game. Like, everything was there for a bounce back. And just to have that sort of defensive effort so deflating. Um, 41 points allowed by the defense with a golf pick six, but 48 points overall. Like, yeah. man, the fact that you scored 45 and you couldn't win that, like that's right. the first time that's ever right. happened, I think, in franchise history. Like, mm-hmm. that's just a perfect Lions game from what I've been told. Yeah, like, it really was. It's a perfect it, yeah. moment um, for that. So, because, yeah. and it really was in so many ways because there was good and bad, right? Like, the bad outweighed the good, obviously. But, like, it was the perfect Lions game in that it was like, well, I mean, there was actually a lot of stuff in there that if yeah. one or two things... <laughs> excuse me, one or two things goes the other way, you know, you're right back in it. But ultimately, like you mentioned, the defense being a disaster, and that's where I sort of uh, want to start here with our conversation because that's all anybody really wants to talk about. And, you know, I tweeted this earlier in the week, and it's something that I thought about a lot. I thought about it last year, and I thought about it when camp started or ended. Um, And that, you know, Brad Holmes and the front office have a lot of faith in Aaron Glenn and Aubrey Pleasant specifically, specifically. Okay, like not just other coaches too, but those guys have been mentioned specifically as coaches that this front office believes in and believes deeply in their ability to develop football players. And that, as you've all seen, has been a strategy, right? And and part of how they've assembled this roster. Um, And I think that what we've, uh, my fear has been is they've gone too far into that. And I think we've discovered now that, yes, they have gone too far into that. Like they've tried to put too much I feel like Colton on the plates of these coaches to develop when we're not in a college scenario here. You know what I'm saying? Like we yeah. you don't have time with a guy who can't get it done. And 
they entered the season again this year, I feel like, just like last year in the, in the secondary, where everything was too light. And there were other things on defense where you could argue the same thing. And I understand that people are frustrated with with everything, with what Aaron Glenn was doing. And we'll get into that in a second. But, like, am I wrong here? I mean, this this is this is a better team than it was a year ago. People have every right to be frustrated uh, with that. But, man, like, they're light still. And the defense, there's not much you can call right now that they're going to do. And I don't know what I don't know what the answer, you know, you're not firing him. Let's get that out of the way right now. It's not going to happen. Yeah. But like to me, that's an irrational response, frankly. Because did he have a bad day? Yes. Uh, does he need to be just broomed out of here? Because what? Look at the roster, folks. Like it's still not quite there. However, right. All it, that's why it was a weird game. Because however, the the criticism and everything else is warranted. So I would I toss it to you. And I mean, you've had a couple of days now to simmer on all this, and you've heard Campbell talk. Um, where you where are you sitting on all this, and and what do you think? Maybe more importantly, what do you think we'll see? Maybe come out of this in terms of changes and sort of things like that. Yeah, I mean, we kind of knew some of this going into the season. Like there might be some rough games. Right. Like we had, I think one time we were going back and forth on Slack watching a preseason game or something. We're like, this team is going to have to win some shootouts if this defense is yeah. going to look yep. like this. And I mean, <laughs> it's all playing out the way we kind of thought. Uh, yeah, they're going to have to give up a lot of third and 11s. Remember we said that? We're like, yes. they're going to get some TFLs, and then they're going to give up more third and longs. That's what, yes. <laughs> And that's kind of what's happened. So, yeah. I mean, third and 16 run right there. So, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I can't say I'm surprised by all this. I, I will say the defense is worse than I even thought, which is not is. good. And that's right. that's there's some regression there. And, you know, part of me is like, you know, what have they added around to make this defense better? Like you have Aiden Hudson. Deshaun Elliott was signed in free agency. You have some pieces, but these aren't like outside of Hutch, like there aren't a ton exactly. of impact ads there. And especially when you look at the secondary, because uh, we were talking like it did seem like they basically just give Aaron Glenn and AP like the scraps and be like, okay, make sure yeah. out of nothing. And like, <laughs> I, I guess if you trust them and you, you think you can, they can get the most out of that, it's fine for a rebuilding team. Like you, you don't have to spend big money yet on defensive players. But mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that they just have given them really not a lot to work with. Like Akuda came back, but he was coming off an Achilles injury. You move Will, ha- Will Harris from safety to corner. He's now yeah. a reserve guy. Like Amani's regressed. Tracy's injured now. Deshaun's playing okay, but like he's not. Yeah, really he a actually maker. is. Right. Yeah. But, but he's not. Exactly. He's not a huge difference maker. And like yeah. you have some rookies mm-hmm. like Kirby Joseph, but I mean he's got to learn in this league. So it's yeah. like the pieces that you added aren't weren't going to make this defense into like a top ten unit no. overnight. And you know just the fact that there's regression, I think you can blame some of that on on you know, Aaron Glenn and some of the things that he's dialed up for sure. Yeah. Um, but the, at the end of the day, like there's not a ton of talent to work with. And I know people might not want to hear that, but that's just the, the hard truth. I think they rank towards the bottom in the league in defensive spending. So you oh, get yeah, what you pay for. Yeah. Like that's, they're getting what they paid for. And I, you know, and that's the ultimate conversation where it relies on here because I, you know, ultimately to me, it was like when you entered this off season, I didn't, I wouldn't have had a problem if they'd have gone out and spent a little bit of money maybe a little bit more than you would have been comfortable with right off the shoot on a safety or a corner and knowing, or at least having the hunch that we were going to see the improvement that we have seen from Okuda, because you mentioned, you know, and, and that's why this is hard, I guess, because uh, Holmes and Ray Agnew and all these guys, their faith in Glenn and Pleasant gets proven right with Okuda. Cause I mean, he's improving. I mean, they, they yes. fixed him, right? I mean, not all the way yet, but he's on his way to being fixed. So, there's evidence that it can happen, 
but it's also like you got to win some games and you're not really giving yourself a chance. And then you weigh that with, okay, you know, Aaron Glenn, you're, you guys are trying to call the game. You're trying to do things and expand your package and take the next step as a defense. And you just aren't ready to do it personnel wise. And I, that is this, that was, was, and has been his ultimate error of 2022 so far. Uh, and it will have to be what they fix, but it's also like, you know, well, he'll be judged on how he re- rebounds here and whatever happens coming forward. Sure. But I can understand going into the year and being excited about a couple guys and wanting to cut it loose and then being really disappointed about it. The problem, though, is that it lasted three more games. And I guess that that's because, you know, you're seeing the pressures on third and 16. Mm-hmm. I get the I get the desire to want to ratchet that up. I mean, we've seen what the offense has done. They've ratcheted up, taken to another level. Yeah. But he's got to pull it back. And... Him and Campbell specifically, I feel like there are times where we've seen it, Colton. Like they have time, they have hard time pulling it back. They're they're intense dudes, and sometimes yeah. I wonder, I worry about that for those dudes because you can't manage a game like you used to play it. You know, like you just yes. can't. And I think that that's the, that's a big part of this. That's and we talked so much about oh the players, player coaches on staff, like the former players, like right. what they bring to the table. I part of me does wonder if. If maybe you have some dudes that were like, well, I did it this way, and so you should be able to do it the same way. Like, because you have all these former players, yeah, exactly. and the talent doesn't match the way that they want to coach and the way that they were brought up in the game, and, you know, oh, just do it. Like, just go make yeah, this play. What's like, the like I did back in the day. Like, yeah. It's kind of like when you hear, like, elite players, like, they're not going to be good coaches because they're just so good at what they did as a player yeah, they that don't they might, might not translate. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that they're, they're bad coaches, but I just think there might be an adjustment there <laughs> as you're still getting your talent to the way that you want it to be. Um, as you're still figuring things out along the way. And I think we're seeing some of that with Aaron Glenn wanting to have this, you know, maybe complex defense that he can't really mm, do it the way he wants to do it because he doesn't have the pieces. So, yeah. and and if you realize that, you have to change. And, you know, Campbell said we, we're going to have to simplify some things. Um, yeah. And I think that's the right direction. I, I, I am against just canning the dude after four years. Oh, God. This year. Yeah, right. Come on. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's not going to happen. Just, if just Dan Campbell, also, if Dan Campbell, look, look at folks. If Dan Campbell fired Aaron Glenn, let's say let's say that he did. Well, how do you think that would go over in a locker room? Not how great. Think, not great would be the yeah. answer to that one. How do you think that would go over in the staff room? And the answer to that one would also be not great. So yeah. it's a non-starter. But like ultimately, he will be judged by how he how he you know circles the wagons and fixes this because he has made a pretty big mistake here in that they waited too long. I mean, that to me is the biggest error here, and it's like I understand, like you said. You wanting and you know he's a younger coach that's trying to prove himself too, wanting to establish more of his own identity and put his own stamp on this. I think that that was what we saw, but it's like I, I feel like there's still sometimes with Campbell and Glenn where they look at these guys like dads looking at their kid and being like, "I know you can do it." Like, don't yeah. give me this bullshit. We're just gonna figure it out when we get out there. <laughs> and it's like, no, like that's not like it was Skipper, right? And Campbell yeah. was like, I don't care. He's going in and we're just going to do it. And he's going to figure it out. And he did. And it worked. But, like, you can't do that all the time with every single guy. And yeah. sometimes they're getting caught with that. And that's what I feel like is happening a little bit. I think you're right. I mean, you can't – it's not a one-size-fits-all scenario. No. Like yeah, some dudes, of course. Some dudes can take to that. Some dudes won't. And I think we're seeing that out in the field. And yeah. you've got to be able to make adjustments and – you know, four games in, like, we'll see what they do from here. They got the bye week coming up, so maybe that's when they, you know, week seven coming out of the byes, maybe when we see some of these changes. Right. Um, they're going to get some dudes back from injury. 
it sounds like Jerry Jacobs might be able to practice this week and Paschal as well, even if they're still maybe a couple weeks away from returning to game action. But right. um, yeah, I mean, we're going to have to see some changes. Like I think when they get some guys back, we'll see some pieces moved around. Did he mention anything about uh, Melfonwu? I tried to listen back. I, I've been sick all week here. I didn't go out there. But did he mention anything about Iffy at all? I know I know he talked about, we'll get to Levi in a second, but if yeah. <laughs> with Iffy at all, did he mention anything with him? Not a ton. I mean, if he did play in the game, he had eight special teams. That's right. Snaps. He did play. So, um, yeah. but there were all the snaps were on special teams, and he, yeah. I think he only had like eight. So, I don't know if he's still not healthy enough to be out in the, the field defensively. But I mean, yeah, he's, he's a dude that there. would probably help. I mean, yeah. you got to see what he can do. You well, that's spent the thing. Some draft capital on him, and exactly. Yeah. Moved him around to a different position, so we got to see what he can do. Whether or not he can help, <laughs> it's almost to me like secondary to like you got to know, you got to yeah. find out. We got to see now, right? And you got to start finding out on some guys, uh, and he would be number one A on that list, or one B, and the other one is Levi. And uh, I got to tell you, that did not sound like a great answer for Dude, Dan Campbell. That on was Monday. so grim and like just depressing the way he kind of answered that question about Levi. <laughs> oh God, yeah, no, doesn't sound good. He was talking about, of course, starting the clocks on Pascal and. Um, Whoever else, Jerry, and then Jerry, yeah. some, I guess somebody was like, "What about Levi?" And he was like, "That like, clock like, is not moving. Like, there's, there's no movement there." Which is man, like, not good. People were already kind of upset with that pick. They're calling, ready to call him a bust. And I was like, "Oh, okay, give him some more time." But yeah, the fact that he hasn't been able to come back, the back injury is still bothering him. Like those back injuries kind of give me pause. Like that. Those Hell yeah, man. That come, like, especially for a defensive lineman. Like especially that's, for a football player in general, it's hard. Yes, that's that's tough. Even so, a minor one, you know, like Vitae's deal. We talked yeah. about that, you know, it's not. And then the thing I think that's pissing people off in public or the Twitter people, and I can understand it, is Holmes told told us in August that he knew about, they knew about Levi's medicals before the oh, draft yeah. and didn't seem to, you know, thought it was okay. And, still, and he still seemed to think that this was going to be fine. You know, in the long run, but it's like, it, as we look at it now, when you saw Campbell's reaction <laughs> to the question where he was like, don't ask me. That's what it sounded like to me. That know? was that was a final scene in Hard Knocks pause. Like the length oh, of yeah. it, it yeah. was like, oh man, this is uncomfortable. <laughs> don't ask me about this one. Ask somebody else. But in any event, uh, Lions, of course, um, offensively cold. And I guess let's, let's start with, let's talk about something good before we go and unpack, unpack the real problems here. Yeah. Offensively. This was, you know, and, and I, you mentioned in your story the other day, the team, and we talked about it, you and Chris and I, who the team MVP would be, right? Like through, and, you know, you can make the case for Goff. You can make the case for uh, Amon Ra, uh, St. Yeah. Brown. You can make the case for, I mean, shoot, even TJ, I guess, in certain stretches. Uh, but we all can, kind of came back to Ben Johnson as the guy who's really tied this all together. And like we said earlier, what, you know, AG wants to do with the defense, they are doing it with the offense. I mean, they've taken this thing now to something that we haven't quite seen before. Um, that was a different day on Sunday. That was a very confident football team out there offensively. Anyway, <laughs> play, you know, playing yeah. ball, the interception aside. I had no idea what to expect going into that one. When you're, you're talking about your two top, two of your top receivers in St. Brown and Chark, uh, yep. obviously Deandre Swift, you know, you're still missing two starting guards. <laughs> I really had no idea what to expect. I know the Seahawks weren't great defensively, but well, sure. I figured, Oh, maybe we get like 28 points. 30 yeah, points I thought maybe in the low 30s. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this offense is still good enough. Like, Hawk might step up and yeah. Reynolds is still there. But for them to put up 45 
and 520 yards of offense, whatever. Did whatever they wanted. Did whatever they wanted. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's a testament to Ben Johnson to me. And that wasn't me. Like, some people were like, why didn't you just say golf? Like, golf's clearly been the MVP. Right. Yeah. I'm like, guys, golf's been playing pretty well. Like, I liked what I've seen from golf. He's got to cut down on the pick sixes, but Mm -hmm. everywhere else, he's been pretty solid, all things considered, especially down some weapons in this game. But Ben Johnson is a guy that brings it all together, and the players will even tell you that themselves. Oh, yeah. What he's been able to do. It's to a point where now you expect it. Like, if first we're talking, week is whatever. Yeah. Like, okay, they put up 35 against the, the Eagles. Let's see what they can do. They've done it every single week since then. So now I don't think we're at a point where we can be oh, like, yeah. oh, well, maybe if flu. they score 35, yeah. they'll be in good shape. Like, it's like they're doing it every single week consistently. And that's that, to me, goes back to Ben Johnson. I think that's why I had him as a team MVP before games, even though he's not a player. Yeah, well, I, think he, I, mean, I think he's earned that, though. Most valuable person we'll say person, yeah. because like if that. you if, if you take you know the, the definition of an MVP is always like I look at it Values. is if you take him away from your team what happens to the team and if yes. you took Ben Johnson away from this I think it would be they would be in a world of hurt I think yep. right now so that's it's all going well and I think the, the thing that I've liked the most about it um is that like you said Colton they did it they've been able to do it with different pieces um, you can see, and this is the frustrating thing for people, you can see that the depth that they've been able to put together without having to spend a ton of money uh, that's there and has been able to even you know withstand a couple of injuries earlier this year, that's there offensively, and people, well, what the hell is it on the other well, side? They have, to be fair, they have spent a lot of money offensively. <laughs> they have spent more, and that's how the league works. But yeah. you can look at this whole thing and you look at the whole picture and you squint forward and say, if Jamison Williams gets healthy and Swift can finally stay healthy... Um, Hawkinson finally had a breakout something, we'll call yeah. it. You've got hungry guys out here looking for targets, and Goff is as confident as he's been since probably the Super Bowl Rams year. I don't think that that's unfair to say. This looks really good. like, yeah. And that's why people are pissed right now. because, And that's why Campbell's pissed, and that's why AG's pissed, and they're all pissed because... You wrote it in your story. They had the best offense in football through four games. Like yeah. That's not bullshit. That's real. This has been a very good, very difficult, hard to stop because they attack you in so many different ways and they've got efficient players who are all looking for something else. They're looking for something bigger, right? Hungry. And yeah. it's been there all year. And, hey, look, it, people asked us in camp, like, hey, you guys, do you think the offense is actually any good or is it just the defense? Well, hey, look, it was both, okay? It <laughs> How was about that? both. I was like, man, the defense looks terrible. And I was like, is the offense good or is the defense? It turns out it's both. How about it's that? It's both, yes. But yeah. yeah, a great start for everybody involved. Um, golf especially, you know, and I think that that was, you know, a big day for him. Just the pick six is, you know, that sucks and that you don't want that. But it's also in a situation where he's now fighting back because the defense can't get a stop. And right. That's a different, bit of a different context for me than some of the other ones that we've seen from him. And the other thing, Colton, I, I'm curious on your thoughts on this, is this is now the fourth straight game that we've seen him escape the pocket. We I mean, did have a sack on the spin-out. Escape the pocket. He's made a couple of plays on the run a little bit. Like, I don't see a lot that, since that first quarter of the Eagles game, I will say, I, yeah. it's been really good. I, I mean, I, you know, I don't have much to complain about here. No, I don't, I don't think there is much. This is probably the best case scenario if you're talking preseason, yeah. what you would get from Jared Goff this year. I think we're seeing it. And the fact that, you know, I think he's tied for the league league in touchdown passes right now. Um, you know, I think he's seventh in EPA per drop back. Mm-hmm. So he's playing efficient football per snap. Um, he's doing everything you, you could have reasonably expected. And 
you know, he's got the Lions. I think they're the 30th team uh, in the Super Bowl era to score 140 plus points in their first four games of the season. Like, that's Good insane. God. They're yeah. also the first team to have a losing record out of those 30, <laughs> which yes, tells you why exactly. there's frustration. Oh, yeah. And, right. um, you know, I, I do think the Lions are in this kind of weird place of optimism because the offenses look much better and also so much frustration just because right. the defense is like, man, if you get one punt, maybe one, two punts. One stop. Like, <laughs> one stop. Like, I think you might win that game just the way the offense is playing, especially in the second half. Um, right. And that's a testament to golf and what he's been able to do without some of the guys around him, like no St. Brown, no Chark, mm-hmm. no Swift, um, the offensive line for protecting him and yeah. creating running lanes for any, any backup running back that's really out there. So the offense is really coming together. Golf is sort of the key to it all right now. And he's playing really good football. And now I think we can start to have a conversation where, okay, we talked all off season. Like if he doesn't play well, they have yeah, these options true. with their first round draft picks. Yep. Like, I don't know where you stand on this right now, but, you know, it's, it's yeah. still tempting to, to go up and get a quarterback, but with all the needs defensively, and you see how bad this, this thing is. Yeah, right if now, he plays like, like this, that's what you have like to do. This, yeah. yeah, if he's playing like this and finishes the year like this, like first of all, if he plays like this for the rest of the year, that's like a Pro Bowl yeah. level year. So, yeah, you'd probably have to. Now, I would still want to draft a guy, a developmental quarterback later. You can get him, but to that. your yeah. point, no. I mean, I, I think that that's not a, that's not an absolute necessity if he plays like this for the rest of the year, and that's a great thing if it can open up those options for you to where now you can finally package something and go get the best corner in the draft if you want to go do that or whatever you know that kind of thing. So yeah, yeah, it's definitely changing. I think to a degree, but it's also something where we still have to see you know yeah. as teams adjust to the Lions, and then it'll happen too. Um, you know, how teams defend the Lions going forward, how, if anything changes, uh, how they adjust and everything else. Did um, Hawkinson went for eight, 179, and two in this game, setting fantasy lineups ablaze all over. Did <laughs> And this was like a huge day for him because he had to have it. It was like if the other two guys are out and you do nothing in this game, you are really <laughs> flirting with a bad line. Hawkinson, Bolton, did that surprise you that he had this type of game? Did you see that from him, or is um, that something that you uh, you think we should see more of uh, from TJ? I thought his target share would go up for sure, just because you know St. Brown and St. Brown was the dude that was getting ten plus targets a game. Yeah, so those have to go elsewhere. Obviously, uh, Reynolds obviously stepped up, but I mean, for him to have the game that he did was perform, pretty remarkable. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like they needed him, and he stepped up in every way. Uh, I will say on his long catch like that was probably some poor defense by the Seahawks just absolutely forgetting how to tackle yeah, but that's not Hawks fault like he no. still put up the numbers like he still did what he had to do and uh, I thought it was great to see like I was it, was it was really like every time they got in the red zone they were looking for him right like, right yeah the touchdowns the, the two-point conversion like he was the guy and yeah. I thought that was great to see um I do wonder just because there's so many mouths to feed on this offense if that's sustainable probably not to that level of course but I still think he can have a solid, consistent role in this offense. And that might make things easier for St. Brown. Like, you don't have to force feed him the ball. Um, you can get other, other guys involved. We saw Reynolds step up the way he did. So, really, this offense is kind of clicking. I think when those guys get back, it will be more balanced than we saw even the first couple of weeks. I thought that was huge for Hawkinson just to prove that, like, that's my job. Like, I'm the, you know, I'm the guy who's the safety blanket. When these other dudes are hurt or out or covered, I'm that's me. I'm yeah. the guy that has to make these tough catches. And make these play. That was a big day for him and a big deal because we, we we've talked a lot about you know you and I about his contract and the situation there and everything with what do you do and mm-hmm. I still do not like where he's at from a run blocking standpoint and all this. But like you know if he 
goes out there and answers the bell like that when you need him consistently, then we have a different conversation. The problem I have with Hawkinson is that sometimes it gets really streaky where we look at a game like that and you're like, my God, he looks like no one could stop him. And then there's games where you're like, he's just there because they haven't targeted him in a quarter and a half and he's bored or something is what it, you know, what it can feel like. I don't know if that's the case, but he can vanish and disappear and fade away. And then when you see it from him, it's like, holy shit, it's like everything at once. I'd like to see it even out a little bit, you know, in some capacity, but hard to argue with any of that. That was amazing performance from him all the way through. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, he, he just stepped up the way they needed him. It was great to see. Yeah. Jamal Williams as well. Big time for him. I think that that's something that uh, I keep wondering about his future here. Uh, I don't know what all you pay him and everything else, but I mean, the dependability there for him to go in and perform the way he did. Again, I mean, this is another one of those things. The more you talk about this, the more you end up getting pissed off because the defense completely screwed it. But uh, <laughs> it's hard to uh, look at anything that happened there, including the offensive line. Again, you've got Evan Brown playing uh, guard now, which is a mm-hmm. thing. Which he did is great get hurt for in the him. game, though. He did get oh. hurt, but hey, look, yep. that's great for him. Yep. Uh, that that's versatility that's adding to his whole resume and everything else. So, look, I mean, pretty good. What what are what are the injury updates as we know them right now in the middle of the week? Do we have any on the offensive side or um, is it still um, very TBD? Brown's got, I think, an ankle thing he's dealing with, so we'll see about him. Um, we'll have to see today um, when Campbell speaks at 145. We'll probably get an update on Swift and St. Brown and Chark and those guys and see where they're at, um, and if they're out there at practice even. I'm still not sure on Swift because it sounds like he was pushing to play last week. That's what Deuce yeah. said. He told us that on, on Friday. And they had, they were, they were kind of like, we like to see that from him, but also he just wasn't ready to go. So okay. we didn't want to put him out there, even if he's 50%. Like, how effective is he really? Right. Yeah. So, and they feel good about Jamal. So there's really no reason to rush him back. You got the bye week next week. Like, if I were them, I'd probably just rest him another week. Um, right. Yeah. That's, yeah. So I, and then go into the bye. Yeah. Yeah. Give, give him all the time he needs. You don't need to, especially, I don't think the, I think the Patriots are pretty bad run defense right now. Um, yeah, they're not good. Like, I mean, people were like... Maybe in the middle of the pack. I don't know. People were like, I mean, they pushed the Packers. I'm like, yeah, they did. But Aaron Rodgers also decided that that game needed to go to overtime for some reason. So it went to overtime. Like, that's... I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. But, but yeah, I, I, mean, I still yeah. like Jamal and the offensive line in that, yeah. in that, that matchup. You I just, agree. They've, they've proven they can handle what, what I think anyone so. throws. I think them. so, too. No reason to force Swift back. Uh, St. Brown, I actually thought he might try to play last week. Uh, just because that's in his nature, mm-hmm. <laughs> just to kind of yeah, right. say, yeah. no, I'm getting out there. Like, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> but uh, I guess the ankle might be worse than we thought. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. see about that that could be the yeah. same thing as Swift, right? Where it's like, if you just give him another week and then see what happens yeah. after the bye. But in any event, okay, we're going to take a pause here and then we'll come right back on their side and we'll unpack the defense and talk about all that. All right, everybody, we're back uh, to talk about the thing you probably don't want to talk about. Maybe you do. I don't know. Some people did <laughs> on Sunday and Monday. Uh, the Lions defense, Colton, uh, uh, has a lot of issues, as we talked about a little bit at the top. But uh, to get into some more specifics here, I suppose, uh, I'm not really even sure where to start other than um, they just the secondary right now is, is, is in a really bad, other than Okuda who I think, you know, had a tough challenge against Metcalf on on Sunday. That's a hard cover for anybody. I think he made a really nice play at the end of the game, or toward the end of the game anyway. Got beat a couple times, but also, like, was left in situations, too, where it's like, what the hell do you want him to do? 
other than him, and you mentioned Deshaun Elliott, right now, man, it is, it's rough. And I, I'm not really sure, when we talk about personnel changes, like that's what I'm wondering about here if we see somebody coming in off the street later this week. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's always an option, but... I don't I know. Have, that's know. what I'm wondering. Because, like, this is bad. And, like, you're not... There, there's nowhere to go. If Jacobs isn't... You know, what are we doing here? We're talking about... Jerry. I mean, I know that Jerry Jacobs had a good year last year, but he's still coming off a knee, and yeah. so this is not Deion Sanders we're talking about here. You know what I, I mean? mean? So we're, there's... We're, we're talking yeah. about him like he's a savior, and right. that's, that's kind of where things are. <laughs> it's <laughs> rough right now. There's just nowhere to look. Am I? I don't think I'm being too dramatic, because... I haven't seen – maybe guys are shook right now. Maybe they need to just settle down. I don't know. But it's tough. I mean, right now it's it's tough to look around and see anything that's that's great. Yeah. You know, that that is that is the tough part because you – you obviously need to make some changes, but where do you really turn? Like maybe we start to see Chase Lucas more. That could um, be. That was one that I thought about, yeah. Because we, we liked him in the preseason and – you know, Mike Hughes, surprised. Has he hasn't already playing, gotten a shot, so. Hughes has not been playing good football. I think he's like PFF has him 100 out of 105 cornerbacks. Uh, Amani's like dead last. So, yes, two of the five worst cornerbacks in the league starting on your defense. right Again, now. yeah, again, like which has been a thing, you know, and it's like Amani. <laughs> I guess it's the same thing that we talked about with Amani back in in the summer. Where it was like, if you're going to... And Okuda has answered the bell and done what you wanted him to do. And for them, imagine if that hadn't happened, right? I mean, my yeah. God. So he can reasonably be... And I thought this was interesting, too, where DK Metcalf actually uh, clarified his comments on Okuda. I don't know if anybody saw that after the game. Did you see that? No, I about didn't. About how last that. week... somebody Did you see this last week? Some uh, DK said something about... I did. Okuda's not a shutdown corner. And what he'd said after the game, he's like, I actually think Jeff's a good corner. But he's not a shutdown corner. A shutdown corner, in his definition, was you know Jalen Ramsey uh, or one of these dudes who travels the whole game and just follows you around. Yes. I mean... That's true. Jeff's not that. He's not that. But, you know, he's getting closer to being like something that you could maybe flirt with the idea of if you needed him to be capable of something like that. That's what I'm... You know, he's getting there, it feels like. But the rest of the guys aren't. And... It's killing him because he's got to hold down the best player, you know, and if he makes one hiccup, everyone's like, what the hell's going on here? And you can't cover anybody else anywhere on the field. And like, that's, that's the thing that's getting, you're going to start losing progress, I fear, with Okuda if you're not, if there's not players around him that can play, like that's going to be a problem here. Part of me is like, does Jeff look really good because the rest of the secondary is absolutely trash? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or, or are we talking about if Jeff had some help in the secondary, would well, he look, look even better? better? Yeah. Right. And I, I think, think he, the latter is probably true. I, yeah. I might lean towards the latter um, mm-hmm. because it, you're right. There is a microscope on him just because he's the only like competent dude back there right now. And yeah. if he does make a mistake, like DK beat him down the sideline for a big gain. I saw a lot of, oh, Kuda. This is the, the Kuda I thought we were getting. And I'm just like, guys. He was third and 16 and they were impressed, man. Really like, good. What? Yeah. <laughs> What do you want? It's also like, like, yeah, they're not putting him in a great position all the time. Right, and yeah. So, yeah, I mean, every time Akuda makes a mistake, people are going to call him a bust or whatever, even though he's been playing really good football. And that comes with the territory, right? And I it mean, does. To a degree, right? Yeah. Yeah, third overall, overall pick, I get that. But, yeah, I mean, he just doesn't have a lot of – he's forced to be the guy right now. And mm-hmm. to his credit, like, I think he stepped up to the challenge. But 
there's only so much he can do when you have yeah. so many other issues elsewhere on the field. And, you know, that's kind of where things are right now. I don't know if that's going to change when Jerry gets back. Like we can't put too much pressure on a dude coming off a torn ACL no. who was like a UDFA. Um, so that's sort of the, the state of the secondary right now. The biggest answer ultimately for the change is going to have to be in scheme and it's going to have to be in how they call the game. And it's, they cannot, you know, and I, somebody had mentioned uh, one of the Seahawks um, about the Lions blitz rate and they were one of the highest pressure teams in the league and maybe the highest. I don't know if they were the highest or not. Like they're fourth right now. And uh, yeah. And they were one of the top uh, man coverage teams in the league as well, which usually goes hand in hand with pressure. And like that has to stop. Like that all has to stop. Like the, Screaming up the field on the edges uh, and overrunning the quarterback so on, many times on third. Geno's not like super mobile; like he can run a little bit, but. or really any down at all. I would yeah. say not just third and long because like first and ten. Why are you? Why are you? Why are you taking a rush path that is eight yards deep? What are you doing? Like it's yeah. first and ten. Stop it! Like they're 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 just being too aggressive, like across the board, and um, that's what they talked about all summer. That's what they wanted to do. Uh, and I think in some areas you could maybe make the case that they've got better athletes that they like Malcolm can be aggressive, right? Yeah. I think if you had more depth up front uh, and you could keep him fresher, Aiden could probably be aggressive. Uh, and maybe even Harris and some of these guys too, but I think they're wearing out because there's just not anything else yeah. around them. And it's, so, yeah, I mean, when we talk about, I mean, we started with the secondary, but like the biggest scheme change here is going to have to be you're going to have to play more zone. You're going to have to play more split safety too high, which, hey, that's Aaron Glenn's old, that's where he's from. That's his, you know, where he's rooted in. It's not like he can't do it um, or won't do it or hasn't done it before. We've seen him do it before, in fact. It's just, you're going to have to do it. You're going to have to bite the bullet and just pull back and it's going to suck and it's going to be you're going to get you're going to give up yards and you're going to give up points and people are still going to think that you're you're a mess but whatever it just can't be like this it can't be a fire drill and yeah. so i think that that's ultimately what you're looking at in terms of what do they change what do they do here and there i wouldn't rule out as we go forward some some personnel changes in terms of guys coming in and out in the secondary but more than likely it's going to be you're just not going to have them out there on islands as much anymore because you just can't do it. I mean, there's just no excuse anymore to try. Yeah. To be frank, yeah. You're not wrong. I mean, I think it was uh, the Seahawks tight end, uh, Disley, Will Disley. Yeah. He's like, he's like, they're a cha chaotic defense. Chaotic. Man. That's like, what he said. Yep. Yeah. He's, he's like, he was they, right. He was right. Yeah. They live on pressure. If you gash them with the blitz, then you're going to score points. If you gash them with, you're going to score points. You know, he's hats off to Geno. Yeah. He said after the game. And hats I was off like, to Geno. Yeah, I mean, Geno beat them. Like, Geno Smith looked like, and I saw this headline on our own website like, <laughs> yesterday that said, Can Geno Smith win MVP? And I was like, Look what the Lions did. Look what the Lions did. They made Geno Smith an MVP candidate. Like, that's what we're talking about right now. And really, and it came down to like some of the checks that he checked them into that they were like, These are great plays. He was like, all I did was see, like, they had nobody standing here, so we yeah. just checked to it inside. And those were the big runs that uh, Penny had or whatever. <laughs> just like, yeah. well, yeah, I makes sense or, to me. Or they're, like, the tipping hand at the line, and it's like, yeah. oh, well, we're just checking to this and, and beat you. that's why I had the vibe where I was like, is, is this a game where Glenn is, like, where he just said in his head, like, screw it. No one is covering. You're not going to cover anyway, so I'm not going to drop. 
and cover when you're not going to do that. So to hell with it. I'm just going to send everything I have at this guy and hope that it disrupts his rhythm. And it's like the answer is you can't do that in the NFL. He, against yeah. any quarterback with any veteran presence at all. Because if you do it against a like Zach Wilson, you probably have different results. But no offense to Zach Wilson, but he's younger, right? Geno's been around the block yeah. time or two. You're not going to get away with it against guys like that. Even guys that aren't, you know, elite arms or talents are still going to beat you if you're just playing reckless without the talent to back it up. Like the Ravens over the years have been able to be reckless and chaotic because they used to spend more than anybody else on defense and they would have shut down corners and they would have guys up front that that's all they did was specialize in pass rush. Yeah, I don't think that's this defense. That's not the personnel here. Yeah. And so you've got to get back to matching personnel and scheme and, you know, uh, AG has got to eat some humble pie here, I think, and get back to – you've got to pull the reins back and, yeah, less complicated. I think that's what Dan said too, right, in, earlier in the week, something like that. So They're going to simplify it, yeah. Simplify it. But also, you know, hey, guys got to play better too, and that's certainly part of it. Um, and I, as I go down the list here, uh, another nice day from Rodriguez. But mm-hmm. I really can't help but think I would really like to see him get to play next to a better stack linebacker. Yeah, I, I Barnes is not is still not there, and Anzalone. I don't think it's enough. I, I, I that's another one where I'm just like I feel like that's that could have been improved in the offseason, and it wasn't. And now your best player on defense is a six round pick, and he's in there kind of by himself, lead the. I don't know. Am I being well, too hard on Alex no, there? I don't. Well, think my so, thing is but. how much of that because because Alex is a he's a Glenn guy. Mm-hmm. And how much of that is, you know, some of these coaches just believing in their guys to a fault where, like... Could be. You know, Anzalone's a great dude. Uh, good locker room presence on this team. Yeah. Um, hasn't quite played good enough. Like, this, we just got to say it. Like, he hasn't been No, good not to there. just keep his job without being questioned. Without being Absolutely challenged not. or anything. And he, no. he was another guy, kind of like Amani, we, we talked about. Like, Same thing. We saw this cornerback battle with Will Harris and Akuda, but Amani wasn't challenged at all. Yeah. And really, the linebackers popped the same way. Like, they're sitting Anzalone and... You know, putting putting uh, Malcolm and Barnes and whoever else out there in the preseason just to get them some Perhaps, competition yeah. where Anzalone wasn't challenged at all. So, I mean, I, I wonder I how agree. much of that is like the coaching staff falling in love with their dudes to a fault. And I think that, yeah, and I think that that's what they have to, that's what they had to peel back. And I think yeah. it was like when he said, we're going to look at everything. And I actually said to you guys earlier this week, I almost, I wonder if he regretted saying, <laughs> we're going to look at everything the way he said it. And then he was like, everything or whatever, like for emphasis. Yeah. No, some like, man, someone asked are, him straight up, like, are you looking at Glenn when you say everything or like you're a person yeah, coaching and changes? Like, and he's like, everything. Yeah. So he came out the next day, he's like, I trust Aaron Glenn. I don't, so. yeah, I think he probably regretted saying it like that. But I think what, what they mean when they say that is like, you're going to go back and just peel it all back on every single guy and ask yourself all, that's what you have to do. It's going to suck, but you have to go back and ask yourself the tough questions about every guy that you're playing again. Like, can he do what we're asking him to do, or do we have to move him? Do yeah. we have to move uh, Hutchinson from, you know, whatever they want to call it, the Leo, the, the, the guy that travels with the tight end? Do you have to move him and yeah. get him on the weak side once in a while? Do you have – because he's – I think they discussed that. Did they discuss – yeah, because I, I think he's, he's wearing out. And it's like, you know, he cannot – clearly at this point in his career, he's not ready to play – whatever level of snaps, 70-plus snaps at that high level that you want from him, it's not there right now. So yep. you're overloading him. Um, you're probably overloading Malcolm, but you're getting away with it because 
he's been very, very good. And, and not that, you know, Aiden hasn't, I guess, to a degree. He's a frustrating one, I think, to a degree to talk about. But I don't know. I mean, there there's a couple things you can do, but there's also not a lot you can do in terms of personnel switches too, you know? So it's like, I don't, you know, some of this is just going to have to be what it is. Yeah. I mean, when you talk about Aiden, it's like some people are already like mad at him for not living up to expectations. We're still, again, we're still right. four games in, but he does need to play better. Uh, oh, he sure. Little, yeah. He is, he is a little banged up. Uh, I don't think he was a hundred percent because you, you watch him sometimes after or in between some of these snaps and, he just looks like he's either tired or like looking mm-hmm. around or you're just like, okay, he's not right. But I also don't think, and we've talked about this the last couple episodes, like he's at his best right now when he has help around him. Absolutely. And like Kaminsky's eating double teams and things like that. And we just, I mean, Kaminsky's out right now. I think you're seeing that impact. Their lack of depth in the interior is hurting Aiden and the things that they can do. Um, like I think Benito Jones is like 120th out of 124 defensive tackles, mm-hmm. you know, Brocker is kind of average. Like some of these other guys are kind of below average in the interior. I think that's hurting the guys on the edge. Um, it's hurting what you want to do with Aaron Glenn scheme and, you know, the guys yeah. up front and that was supposed to be the strength of this defense. And they're not getting much out of those guys right now for whatever reason, you know, a lot of different reasons, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's all leading to. I've heard some people say, like, oh, Aiden has to play better. I think he does. But at the same time, like, look around, like, take this bird's eye view of where the defense is right now. Sure, yeah. I think you can understand some of it. And also remember what Aiden is and what he isn't. Uh, Because we we just did our all-rookie, first quarter all-rookie team or whatever. Uh, Dane and I were on with uh, Andy Staples yesterday to talk about – they have their prospects, the pro show. So we're talking about the rookies, and Aiden came up. And, you know, like – Andy was like, hey, he's playing great, right? He just looked at the numbers. He was like 15 yeah. pressures or whatever it is. And I was like, well, you know, I mean, he it's a harder, it's a hard conversation. And like he said, he's playing great, right? And like Dane kind of like winced. And I was like, well, <laughs> I mean, you know, like he he's had these stretches where it has been really good, exactly what you want it to look like. And then, mm-hmm. like you said, he's had these stretches where it's just completely not been there. And it's to a point of two things, I think. A, he's being overloaded. I think that that's pretty clear. Yeah. And B, and Dane and I talked about this yesterday. Like this is the this is the scout. This was the scout on Aiden Hutchinson before they drafted him. He was going to be a player that was going to have a challenge in front of him in terms of um, expanding, refining, and basically making more efficient his rush package off the edge because his yeah. length is a problem. It's not nothing. It wasn't. We, that's there's are there are reasons that we have these numbers and like these things are you know he, when his hands aren't coming off with speed and he's not and he gives up his chest he loses on the edge period to a guy who has length at this level in the NFL he has not had enough in terms of the repertoire everything else and if you go back and you watch Aiden Hutchinson in college as we all did uh, when we scouted and went through the whole thing so much of his pass rush. Uh, you know, his ability to chase people down in space, all that thing, the, the athleticism showed off. But so much about his pass rush was putting his chin in someone's, or putting his mask in someone's chin and knocking him over and being like, I dare you to stand up to this. And like, that's not going to work at this level. So he has to expand all of that. But also at the same time, some of that can work at this level if you're getting help. If you're <laughs> if you're yeah. getting help from the guy next to you or doing something, you know, and I think that that's... When people say, hey, number two pick, he should be a game wrecker. He should be in there destroying everybody. And 
if that's what you know, if that's what you expected out of him, and he's not doing that, then I think that that's fair to say he hasn't lived up to expectations. But I think if you look at the player, what he was when the Lions took him, he's growing against the run. I think he's going to get there. Um, but we're going to have questions about his pass rush production on the outside, probably his whole career, because he's number one right now amongst rookie edges, I believe, in true pass set pressures. But he's like way down there in win rate. Him and Trayvon Walker have the same problem. They can't, they don't have a complex move set on the edge and they're not winning right now. And so that has to be something that they develop. And I think that that's something that will develop in time. But it's also like you can't ask that of him right now. He wasn't that player. I don't think that that was fair to say. Yeah. When, when we said that he was a Bosa athletically, that was true. Uh, he is not a Bosa. <laughs> I mean, they're not the same player, though, you know. Joey, Joey Bosa yeah. is a 25%, you know, win rate guy on the edge. Aiden is down at like eight. So eight, yeah. it's, it's, you know, he's got a long way to go. He's got work to do. But it's not anything that's surprising or shocking. It's... Shouldn't be surprising at all if you He's paid attention. He's four games into his career, guys. Like and there's also that. Games. Right. There's also that as well. And that's, but we talked about that with, with Jeff, part of the territory at this level. And it is. You were a number two pick, you know, first round. The team invested in you. What did he say his signing bonus was in the in Hard Knocks? $23 million. Yeah, so 20 plus. Yeah. Whatever. Buddy, you got to sing for your supper. Like, we don't need to hear <laughs> excuses. Like, and that's sort of how people are going to look at him, fair or not. I will Michigan say Michigan fan or Michigan State fan or not, like that's here, how it goes. Here's what I'll say about him: yeah. in the locker room after games, even when you like when you can tell he didn't have his best game, yeah, he's still up there saying, "I thought I played fine." And I'm just that's what I, I'm like. You didn't play fine. You had a rough <laughs> game. It's okay to admit that you're not perfect, and no yeah. one will blame you. No one's you. gonna get after you. Right? Yeah, yeah, and but I think in his head, he's like, "Well, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do," and it's mm. you know, I'm you know, it's not me, <laughs> like. That's the thing where I'm just like, you can, you're allowed to take a little ownership and say, I, I need to play better. And he hasn't really done yeah. that yet. I haven't really seen that from him. So that's the thing I would like, you know, just you're the number two overall pick. Like, I get I think that you're that's rookie, probably why. Yeah, that's, that's fair. That's probably but it's why okay to take some ownership over that. And I think yeah. if he were to say that, it would probably help him in terms of perception right now really, yeah. as he figures things out. And look, that's going to be an adjustment for him as he goes forward as a professional athlete. Like, yeah. You know, you're not at Michigan anymore, man. You're not at college where these fans, like, have to love you or whatever. They're just like, you know, whatever weird social contract college football fans sign with their teams to just yeah. defend their players to the ends of time. Like, that's not how this works anymore. So, yeah, no, I don't disagree with that at all. Uh, because he has – some of the criticism on him has been completely unfair, as we knew yes. it would be. Yes. But a lot of the criticism on him has been totally fair. And, yeah. um, you know, that's – that's fine, and that's just is what it is moving forward. But you look at across the board, and you know, I, I I had people say that, well, you know, number two pick, and I was like, okay, well, Walker's win rate is eight. KT hasn't even played really; he's played like, two games. Yeah, none of these guys have looked great <laughs> so far. Well, okay, I mean, you could have. Did, fine, you, did but... you want to draft? I didn't hear anybody tell me they wanted to draft Sauce Gardner at two. Mm. I mean, you and I probably talked about it, but I didn't hear any fans telling me they wanted mm. that. At, you know, so like. Yeah. Look around at, at the rest of the league here. Don't sit here and I had all we had we had those people on Twitter on for the first game. Trayvon Walker had an interception in his first game. Aiden is a bust. And I'm like, this has got to stop. We yeah. are not doing this. <laughs> like, yeah. So that I think people are over that part of it at least. But look, like the criticism of of, of the lack of consistency is absolutely fair. And mm -hmm. some of it is on the Lions and some of it's on him, and they gotta get figured out. Now you know, they talked about that two-point stance, all that sort of thing. 
I don't know about any of that, but I'm just, you know, figure <laughs> stuff out in terms of, uh, and if that's what it is, then fine. But, you know, I mean, I don't yeah, think I think he is. just has to grow. I think he just has to keep going. And and there are going to be limitations with him as a pass rusher on the edge. There just are for the, for his whole yeah. career. He's he's being overused right now because the coaching staff has no one else. So they're playing him a lot. And we heard 100%. it going back to training camp. They're like, oh, he's a golden boy. There's nothing wrong with him. And I think oh, that's well, kind of that perception of, of that's uh, that's the way they're talking about him. Though. It's yeah, like, you're right. I think the, the hype that they build up for this dude is not helping right now when yeah. he's still figuring things out. So I think that's a problem. They're overplaying him because they have no one else. So he's gas and, and winded mm-hmm. at times. He's a little banged up, doesn't have the help, and he's still developing. And he might not be exactly where he's where he's going to be like right. uh, by yeah. week twelve. You know, he's still it's going to take time. So or year three, all or these whatever, things yeah, com- right. or, or year three. You know, all yeah. these things combined. Like I get number two overall pick, but just. Look at all the factors yeah, and then make yeah. your evaluation from there. That's I mean, I, I would really like to see, and I'm sure they would too, um, Romeo Okwara, Levi, Aline McNeil, and Aiden Hutchinson on the field together. Yeah. One or time. Pat, or Pastor. <laughs> yeah. Or Charles Harris in there, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like that, healthy, right? Like those are the things that we just haven't gotten to see and that – when we talk about context, as we do on this show, like all of it has to be included, and that's part of the Hutchinson picture as much as anything else. But I'm not shocked by any of this, is I guess my ultimate point at the end of the day. I, I None of this is, is surprising. I did not expect him to walk into the NFL and start working tackles. I expected him to come into the NFL and have a hard time with tackles. And, and people asked a lot about why are they rushing him inside? What the hell are they doing? And I was like, that's the only way he can get off a block right now because he doesn't have his move set to where he would probably like it to be, you know, somewhere down the road. It's going to be something that he has to work around. It just is. I'm, and he's never going to admit it. He's never going to say, I got short no, arms. No. But, you know, it is what it is. I'm telling you, he's got, the Lions have to get him with uh, an MSU guy. Brandon oh, Jordan. the Rashawn Gary's guy. B- there you go. BT Jordan. Yeah, yeah he, the, what he's done for Rashawn Gary and all these look other at, pass look rushers. Look at Rashawn now. Same he's one of the best rushers in the league right now. Now, like, what I, he's don't doing. Know, I don't know what Rashawn's arm length is. I think he might have longer arms, Aiden. Yeah. But you want to talk about a guy who had no pass rush plan when he left Michigan? Rashawn <laughs> didn't know what the hell he was doing. I'm yeah. serious. He had no nothing. It was a swim, bull rush. That was it. He did. I mean, he was a very straightforward in terms of this is my job. I'm not going to worry about this X, Y, and Z just to get through the day. Yeah. And then you could see him, but you knew what was in there, of course, because he's such a good athlete and a, and a smart kid who works his ass off. But the growth, the development, and now he's, you know, what is he, 12 pressures a game and all this shit? I don't know if Aiden yeah. is ever going to be that. He might not, but he definitely needs some better moves, a better <laughs> package. He's got to improve his one I'm glad you brought that moves. up. I'm glad you brought and him up because I don't think Aiden will ever be what Rashawn Gary is doing right now in terms of pass rush. I don't. I do think he'll be a better run defender than yeah. Rashawn when it's all said and done. And I think both of them, when you look at them, are going to be good, really good NFL football players for a real long time. And yeah. like that's what Aiden was in the pre-draft process. That's what they got. And like you like you said, Colton, it ain't it ain't our fault that they hyped him up as like some guy that's who walks on, on water. Like the best we did was say that he's bet. He's he's better than you think he is, and he's ready to prove it. That's what I wrote in August, and people were like, hey, this is too much. I'm like, all I can say is a lot of you are down on him that you don't need to be down on him, but some people, yeah, were probably too high on him too. I mean, it worked both ways, definitely, with him, which is, that's par for the course, I guess, with a, yeah. especially with a local guy, right? Like, 
with all that, like if, if a local college is involved with the local team, yes. it just turns into another. Just Big Ten schools in general. These Ohio State guys, mess. the Michigan guys. Yeah. yeah. Another guy I'd like to see get back, though, I don't know what his deal uh, is, Kaminsky. Um, yeah. Is he, did they say anything about him this early this week? I mean, not yet. Um, they haven't put him on an IR, which means that yeah, you know, he's be been that. inactive. Right. So I, I wonder if he's can avoid the, the obviously the like, four game stretch, but um, it's not uh, maybe maybe it's one of those things where they work him back in after the bye. Yeah, that, that'd be my guess. He's the type of guy that I just think like for a defense like this, that's like they're going to be up against it every single week. To just every, you got to get every little thing is going to count. Like that's the kind type of guy I think that with his effort. And he is a freak athlete too. I mean, he's you know his testing numbers were amazing. Yeah. Um, he could be a guy that can help you get off the field, like help make one more play, just one more whatever it is, you know, get in the quarterback's face one time, whatever, and get off the field. Like that would help a ton. And then also like yeah, getting Julian Aquara back in this thing, get him going, get Austin Bryant going again. If Romeo Aquara can ever play again, <laughs> like I, this could look very different in Week Twelve week 13 in terms of the, the available bodies or it could look worse i guess yeah. is the thing so i, I, I have the uh the pff defensive grades for the entire defensive okay. line if, if you want me to read it go for it what do you got so brockers is 78th out of 124 huh. uh, defensive interior players it's actually probably better than i thought it would be aleem mcneil <laughs> Aleem is probably the best right now he's 39th out of 124 yeah and that would be another one where i'd say could probably be better if, if he, he had, had yeah, exactly. Yeah. Isaiah Bugs, 96 out of 124. Neil Jones, 120th out of 124. Uh, Kaminsky actually would have been, he, he no longer qualifies overall, but he right. would have been the highest. Yep. He's got around a 70 grade right now. He was um, playing really well before he got hurt, man. Yeah. And then the edge guys, uh, guess where Julian Aquara is out of 108 edge guys? 108? <laughs> 106. <laughs> 106? Uh, oh, God. Not great. Yeah, not great. Uh, Charles Harris, 90th out of 108, and Hutch, 82nd out of 108. Yeah, just not getting it. I mean, it's it's everybody, and I think that it's affecting all of them, uh, the, the depth. Uh, all, the other problems aside, you know, the other issues they all got to work through, but like Harris, people have asked, where the hell is he? Yeah. You know, people got, people people finally stopped <laughs> completely dumping on Aiden during the middle of that game. They're like, hey, wait a minute. Also, yeah. where's Harris? And you're like, well, yeah, he is. He's the veteran. Done yeah. anything either. But I gotta think that part of this is wearing him out too. It's like you're you just don't have any damn bodies up here, which really frustrates you again when you see them play with that much pressure and blitz and try to do all the things that they try to do. But yeah, one game, it's over. We'll see what happens. These guys, for the most part, I would say this. It's been it's a short evidence span, but these guys over that. This time have done a decent job, I'd say, of every time you think it's like, oh my god, it's about to fall apart and completely go into <laughs> the, the shitter. They find a way to do something that makes you maybe think that it's not quite that way. And I guess that'll be the challenge here this weekend against uh, oh. the former well, great one here. They beat the Pats and heading into the bye week two and three. I think they'll take that. I mean, obviously, you'd like to be better. beat Matt Patricia in his Matt building? Matt Patricia in his building? Yeah, I think they'd love that. And then you can reset after the bye. Then you go from there. Yeah. So that's best case scenario right now. Matt Patricia, <laughs> offensive co-offensive analyst, offensive guru, rocket I scientist. <laughs> I don't know. I saw the there was a photo. I I almost gifted and I didn't. Uh, after it was during that game last week at Lambeau, 
when Zappy ran off the field after they scored a touchdown, and he like ran into Patricia's arms and gave him a hug, and Patricia was like, "Oh, he looked like a big like." I was like, "What in the hell is going on over here?" But so weird. hey, in any event, as strangely as Matt Patricia arrived in our lives, he'll be back uh, on Sunday, at least for a couple hours anyway. I'm I'm sure they'll score a hundred points. Is that everyone's worry now that they're gonna open the offense up? Patricia's gonna be uh, Patricia's gonna drop fifty on throwing their head. it all over the place. Oh, I guess man. we'll see with Bailey Zappi. With Bailey Zappi, well, that and that's again like, hey, if you guys can't make adjustments to get off the field against this offense. Okay, then yeah. we've got we've got other conversations maybe to have, and I like, get th- that we, would be fair. Yeah, we thought the Geno discussion was okay. This offense is averaging fifteen point seven points a game. If you give up a lot to them, you're in trouble. That's exactly how it played yeah. out. Imagine right, exactly. this one with Patricia as your ghost offensive coordinator, which you won't <laughs> give him the title because the Lions are still paying him. Yeah, the shadow coordinator. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then a, your third string quarterback in Bailey Zappi, if they give up 40 points to that offense, my God. Man. Yeah, it wouldn't be good. It would not be good. But in any event, Colton, we'll be back next week to talk about it and maybe reset where they are heading into this buy and everything else. So, uh, you got anything else here before we write off today? Not good. I think we've both covered it all. Good, man. One way or the other. But in any event, <laughs> probably too much. But Probably too much. Hope everyone's uh, enjoying their week. Take care of each other. Enjoy the game on Sunday. Try to have some, have some fun with it as best you can. Uh, for Colton, I'm Nick. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you later.